Ladies and gents, welcome to episode 15 of Shane Sports New York Plus, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SonyPlus.com, among many other media platforms. I am your host, Shane Palma, and today we are finally back. It's been so long, uh, college work holidays, but regardless, it's great to have a mic in front of me again. And of course, joining me today is everyone's favorite fantasy guru, the analyst, the closer, <laughs> the man who, of course, is the number one seed in my fantasy football league, because why would he not be? Please welcome Chris Ventra. Thank you. What a, what a <laughs> gr- nice introduction. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I got lucky as the number one seed. I uh, I think I had a run at the end there. I think that we, I had a trade at some point that really helped. And uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, now I lost Calvin Ridley. A lot of big injuries this past week. Huge injuries, uh, yeah. Yeah, we're talking round one of the playoffs just passed, week 14 of the NFL season. So uh, a lot of big injuries. Ridley I lose, but I did have A.J. Brown on the roster, so I think I'll just plug him right in there because he's been amazing at times. He's been kind of up and down, but uh, I think I'll take my chances. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Titans, as soon as they got Ryan Tannehill in a starter, have been dominant. Uh, and that goes right to like Derrick Henry too, a guy that – not many people like this year, especially because they see him as a as a one-trick pony. But he's getting everything done, scoring like 30 fantasy points a week, even in PPR formats. It's nuts. Yeah, I was wrong about him. Uh, and I liked Derrick Henry for a long time. Like, I liked him coming into the league. I liked him for up until this season, basically, because, you know, I, I like big uh, – I'm sure, as you know, I'm sorry I said it before, like big, freakish yeah. talents, <laughs> you know. Uh, wide receivers, running backs, that goes for. But at running backs, usually I like to go for the hybrid guys, the guys that are great at receiving and running because I mostly play in PPR leagues. I'm not really – I don't think I'm in any standard leagues at all. So uh, I focus on PPR guys or guys that do both. So Henry is like that guy that doesn't catch passes whatsoever really. And that's why I was afraid to invest back into him because I invested into him the year before thinking he'd be a, just a great running back, old school power running back. Uh, and he wasn't up until the end of the season. So I really didn't expect consistency from him this year. Uh, and I expected his floor to be real low based on him not catching passes. And that kind of backfired. He's been as consistent as they come. And, you know, kudos to him because he really, I think he is a great running back. So, uh, you know, I was wrong about that one. Yeah, I mean, you know, and let's talk about this for a second because this is a very interesting point that you made uh, going for the hybrid guys. But even, you know, beginning of the season, you and me, and more particularly me, we're, we're really on like these pass-catching running backs in PPR, uh, stack the wide receivers, get these pass catchers, and then you're set. You'll be on your way to win a championship. And it really hasn't been like that this year. You know, I was all on Duke Johnson, Tariq Cohen. Uh, I mean, Austin Eckler's been, you know, great uh, when he's had mm-hmm. the opportunity, but... Why do you think like this year it just didn't work out the way that some of these people saw how you would usually win a PPR league if you're going to go after these pass catching backs? Yeah, you're right. I think um, I think so. A lot of it has to do with uh, the teams they're on, also. So like Derrick Henry, we said is the opposite of that, and he's on a Tennessee team that even though they they start off the year kind of shaky with Mariota at quarterback. Since Tannehill's been in there, they're six and one, and they're just rolling on offense. You know, they're just blowing teams out, and Derrick Henry's a big part of that. Plus, you don't have, you know, Demarco Murray and Deion uh, Lewis getting in the way of touches. Mm-hmm. It's been all Derrick Henry, and I think that was a big part of it. So, I think opportunity 
you know, with the volume and just the team you're on plays a big role in that, your offensive line, et cetera. Uh, and Tariq Cohen this year has been a disappointment. A guy that I was really high on this year, once again, I was wrong about. He's had decent games, you know, and I expected him to be a guy that gets 10 to 15 points. I didn't expect him to be a guy that gets 25 points, you know, a lot. But I expect him to have a decent floor because of his pass catching ability. And that hasn't really been the case. His floor has dropped and his ceiling has dropped. And I think a lot of that has to do with Mitchell Trubisky taking a step backwards this year. Mm-hmm. He's really looked awful for the most part this year until up until really recently. And, you know, I, I just think that David Montgomery getting involved now and then really making him the go-to back in terms of, you know, running the ball and sometimes in the receiving game. I think Cohen just didn't really get – didn't find that consistency this year. Uh, and I think mostly it has to do with Mitchell Trubisky and the play calling. Uh, ever since Matt Nagy took over as the play caller, I think it's been a little bit better for him, but not really that much better. So uh, I think that had to play a role. Um, who else did you say? Um, Duke Johnson. I mean, that was Duke a guy Johnson. that, you know, you you praised my pick because I got him like kind of late-ish, like seventh or eighth round. And it was like perfect for like a, an RB2 on an offense like the Texans that's just like, you know, firepower stuff. But he's just mm-hmm. been a disappointment too. Yeah, and I think once again, I think it's the team. Like I think Duke Johnson, like he really is getting a bad shake in the NFL so far. On Cleveland, he had a couple of really nice years where he had a ton of receptions, uh, but for the most part, he hasn't gotten the opportunity on the ground anywhere. Uh, and now on the Texans, he hasn't even gotten the opportunities he's gotten in Cleveland through the air. So it kind of stinks because when Duke Johnson does have good games, you could tell that he's just – you know, he, he should be doing a lot more, you know, like he, like even when he rushes, he rushes. I think this year he's got well over four yards of carry. Oh yeah. 5.2 uh, looking at it right now. It's 75 attempts, 390 rush yards, 5.2 yards per carry. And you know, the receiving numbers are disappointing He has 36 receptions, only 334 yards. And, you know, he has four touchdowns, but equate that to what we're at at this point in the season. It's like nothing per week. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that you're right. Uh, what do the targets look like too? Uh, I got to, going to the yeah. full profile for that one but i'm sure it's it's got to be in like the you know 40 something range uh because i mean when you when you watch the texans he's not like running routes it's more just to sean watson dump offs because watson likes to make his own plays with his legs and if he right. can't find something deep then he's just gonna take the easy way out yeah so i'm looking at it now 49 targets yeah that's not a, a lot for him you know he you should be getting a lot more targets than that so i think it's obviously not his talent it's more of where he is and just not getting enough opportunities, you know? So, you know, Hyde gets all the carries and like you said, Watson likes to either run. He also holds the ball very long. He likes to go downfield. Mm-hmm. That's why you see a lot of times him and Wolf Fuller will have a big connection because Fuller's his deep threat. Uh, you got Hopkins there. They also had Stills this year who got involved a lot. So I feel like Duke Johnson kind of took a back seat to all these guys because He's just not with the right quarterback in the right system for that. If he was more of a West Coast offense or a team that does a lot of screens, like I think he'd do really well in New Orleans. You know what I mean? Oh, like where where the screens, he'd get a lot of screen passes and stuff like that, and he'd turn them into big plays. Uh, it's just that it's just not happening here in, in Houston because that's not the way this team's built. Plus, I don't, I just don't think the Texans are coached very well. Bill O'Brien, I don't think he's a very good coach. Yes, he's had some big wins this year, like beating New England, but then they lose to Denver last week, like can't lose those games if you're supposed to be a high-powered team in, in the NFL. Like, you don't lose against Denver. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I just think a lot of these hybrid guys are, aren't getting 
their fair shake of opportunity. Now, James White still having a pretty decent year. I know it's been a little up and down, but, you know, for the most part, New England knows how to use their, their pass catching running back. So I guess it depends on the running back. But if you're just a pass catcher, it's definitely very sketchy. It's like being just a, a runner and not a pass catcher. Yeah. You really want to find the real hybrid guys. And that's why Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, uh, you know, all those types of guys are at the top of the list because if you could do both, you end up becoming an elite running back. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler is RB3 right now on the season still, even with the return of Melvin Gordon. And last year, last week was incredible with Austin Eckler. Guy had 12 touches I know. and had two over 200 yards. I mean, this is like Crazy. the hybrid guys could really do damage. The, the question is, will they get the opportunity? And, and sometimes they do, and sometimes they do. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and the you know the question was there was no question with three running backs at the beginning of the season because everyone thought these guys were going to be studs, and that's Alvin Kamara, David Johnson, and Le'Veon Bell. All three guys are also hybrid running backs, but they have not been good this season at all. And you mentioned New Orleans and getting screen passes, and I want to touch on Alvin Kamara real quick because obviously he played a tough 49ers team uh, this past week, but it was a total shootout, and he still didn't even have over like 12 fantasy points in PPR. So do you trust Alvin Kamara going forward with this offense or what's what's going on? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think so. First of all, Kamara, right. Last week, yeah, dudded it. Uh, couldn't really do much on the ground at all. 13 carries for 25 yards. Bad. Uh, and only ended up with 6.3 fantasy points in a PPR. So that's bad. That stinks for fantasy owners who were in the first round of the playoffs with Kamara. That really burned them, I'm sure. But you can't kick yourself for starting Kamara. He's a guy that you're hoping you you know you relied on all season. Maybe he hasn't been that true RB one elite running back that you drafted him as, but he's still RB eleven on the season. Uh, he's still in the top twelve, uh, just behind Chris Carson. I'm looking at it right now. He's got 185.9 points on the season. Uh, that's RB eleven. Right behind him is Josh Jacobs. So it's not like he's been a complete dud. He's had he gets double digit fantasy points in almost every single week he plays except for last week and week two, it looks like right here, against the Rams. Otherwise, he's gotten double digits. He just hasn't had those monster games you expect from him as Alvin Kamara. And, yeah, that stinks because that is a dud compared to where you draft him, but he's still a guy you got to plug in. Like, I'm st- I'm going to plug him in this week. Uh, I have him in the Goon Squad League, which I'm in the playoffs in. I had a bye in the first round, so luckily I didn't have to face that San Francisco team with Kamara. But – uh, we're going into the in the next round, and he's against Indianapolis on Monday night. I'm plugging him right in there. I think I'm a little worried about injury because ever since he's come back, he ha- I feel like he hasn't been as explosive as he used to be. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think he's dealing with a little something, and it's a little under the radar. And maybe we'll find out after the season's over that he had to he has to get a surgery or something like that because I do think he hasn't been explosive. I feel the same way about Saquon Barkley too, who hasn't looked the same since he's come back from injury either. So I think these are lingering things, but they're still trying to play through it. They're tough guys. They're playing, but you know how talented Kamara is. I'm plugging him in against Indianapolis. I'd kick myself if I benched him. Oh yeah. For, no, no. You know what I mean? For somebody else that, you know, is barely a flex option or something like that. And then Kamara gets a 20 point fantasy day. You know, I'd be really pissed with myself. So plug him in guys. I, I would tell you right now, don't, don't bench Kamara. If you're still in the playoffs and you got Kamara, uh, Indianapolis, you could beat them against the run or through the air. They're not that great. Uh, you saw Tampa Bay pretty much torch them. So 
I don't think I don't see how you could sit him. But yes, he has been a disappointment. I think overall, I think you expected a lot more from. Him. But I, you could say that about a lot of running backs, right? Yeah, Le'Veon Bell, right? So that's I mean he, that's who we're going to touch on right now, Le'Veon Bell. I mean he didn't play this week because of the flu, but even besides that, I think it's just been the Jets' offense as a whole and their you know offensive line. They started the season with five different starters and who they've got right now. So. You can't totally blame that on Bell, but you look at the situation and you just wonder if you can even play him because uh, he has the Ravens this week on a short week, Thursday night, in Baltimore against you know a really tough Baltimore defense. But then he has a revenge game the week after against the Steelers at home. So it's like you another know, tough matchup. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. I mean, listen, another guy who, you know, you drafted him hard, but not. I, I wouldn't say, I guess, you, you didn't draft him where you're drafting Kamara in the top elite guys. He was a tier below that. So you probably drafted him in the early second round or late first round, something like that, uh, depending on the league. But he, yeah, you're right. He hasn't been that guy. But I think he's still he's still a guy who is borderline RB one because right after Kamara at eleven, you had Jacobs, and then you got Bell. Bell who has 178.2 fantasy points on the season, so he's at the high end RB two tier. He's running back thirteen. So uh, it's once again. That's why these hybrid guys are so good because even on down years, they're still producing at a high level. Mm -hmm. So maybe he hasn't paid off at where you drafted him, but he's still a guy you're plugging in every week and he's getting you double digit fantasy points. Now he was out last week with the, you know, the the illness, but it's funny because the night before Saturday night this past week, he was seen bowling. I know. I I saw that. It's crazy. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what's up with Bell. You know, he's another guy who, kind of strange has some old field issues and you know maybe he's not feeling the jets right now the organization and i don't blame him because listen gase hasn't done a great job this year uh they did have like somewhat of a winning streak going on at some point they won three in a row against games that you know they could have lost but and games that i guess they could have they should have won because it was the giants the redskins and the raiders but uh then they they lose and get stomped out by the Bengals, and it's just like oh what the hell uh but yeah, I think Gase, a combination of Gase, the Jets as a whole, as a team is kind of like, you know, just sna- stagnant overall. They're not a great team. But they did feed the feed Bell a lot in these games. He's still getting a lot of receptions uh, on the season. What's he got here? He's got 67 targets, 55 catches, 403 yards. He's got uh, how many touchdowns overall? Only four touchdowns overall, looks like, which isn't great. But it is the Jets. You had to spe- expect a little regression from what you expected on the Steelers. Uh, so, you know, coming in, you expected that a little bit, but I guess you didn't expect it, expect that such a low turnout in terms of points per week, but he has been double digit for the most part. I'm only seeing two weeks on the whole season where in a PP, full PPR league, he's had under 10 fantasy points. Every other week has been, all the other weeks have been double digit fantasy points. Yeah. They haven't been 20, 25 points. And I get, you expect that from a caliber running back of Le'Veon Bell, but you know, at the same time, he is getting you points. He's playing out more like an RB2. But, at you know, that's still production. You know what I mean? You want, with the running backs landscape where, you know, guys have been getting injured, carry on Johnson goes down, this one goes down, Josh Jacobs can't even help you in the playoffs right now because he's been hurt. You know, you take what you can get, and he's been a rock-solid RB2. I mean, that's just the the way it is right now in, in you know the fantasy football landscape and even though it's kind of underwhelming and it's been around 15 fantasy points per game or whatever it is uh it's still 
production on a consistent basis. And that's that's good from a, a running back because it's very hard to get consistent running back production. It's just not out there. You know what I mean? Uh, it's hard to get. So even though these guys aren't producing Kamara, Bell, and, and what have you, uh, they're they're still producing at a decently high level at that low end RB one, high end RB two level. And I'm not going to complain if I got these guys, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't complete, I wouldn't like say, Oh, he sucked this year and whatever. Uh, he, he didn't completely suck. He, he kind of busted compared to where you drafted him, but he's still, these guys are still playing at a pretty high level. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, down as we approach towards the end of the season, you mentioned Bell's, you know, off the field antics that he, he has. And do you, do you at all question uh, him maybe sitting out the rest of the year? Cause I mean, rumors are going around today that the jets are going to shop him heavily come the off season and maybe he wants to stay healthy so he can get that opportunity to get off of this team. Do you think at all, like he sits out and that could ruin people's fantasy playoffs if they have him? Yeah, sadly, I think that could be, a definite possibility because it is Le'Veon Bell who have done things like this in the past. Uh, he's done things like this in the past, and he's, you know, you're like, look at the Jets. The Jets aren't going anywhere. Uh, there's no real reason for them to win games except for Adam Gase to maybe keep his job. Uh, so I could see him saying, ah, you know, I'm not, I, I don't want to play. And that, and then, you know, obviously they're going to shop next year, so he knows that. And I think it's just a bad situation all around for the Jets organization and for levy on bell owners. So yeah, it stinks. You got to look elsewhere uh, because let's face it, you know, as much as people who have drafted bell and who have drafted bell heavily and maybe have multiple teams in their, you know, in their portfolio of leagues, uh, maybe they want to curse him out and they're like, ah, he stinks. But at the same time, when you lose him now, you're like, oh, now what am I going to do? Yeah. I wanted to plug Le'Veon Bell in there. And I know Baltimore was a tough matchup, but if he's going to play, you almost got to plug him in. It's another one of those situations where he's going to get you probably 10 fantasy points just based on volume alone and his pass-catching ability. So once again, these hybrid guys, they give you such a nice floor. It hurts when you're missing them. Who are you going to plug in? You know, It depends on who you got. Uh, but you know, he's having a better year than Saquon Barkley. And I know Barkley missed a bunch of games, but Barkley hasn't really been doing much. And this is a guy you drafted first overall. You know what I mean? He's really been disappointing. Uh, so it, it stinks, but this is this is fantasy football for you. Running backs are very, very – this is why I, I say I like to draft wide receivers early and often. And I know there's been a lot of di- disappointments there too. Odell Beckham, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who has been a lot better lately, but – to start the season, he was not living up to the bill. Uh, you know, Julio Jones at times, but for the most part, Michael Thomas, all of them really produce at a high level. The running backs, after that elite tier, it's really hard to find guys that are consistently producing. That's why the hybrid guys are the best. And, you know, that there's no way around it. I mean, it's hard to, uh, you know, put, put, put them down, even though they're having down years for themselves. They're still producing at a high level, these guys. So... I don't know. I don't want to be a guy that trashes on these guys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's a hard spot, you know, because yeah, they didn't get they didn't produce at that high level that you expected, but they're still producing at a good level where you got to plug them in every week. Uh, and yeah, missing Bell's gonna hurt for these guys. So I, I feel bad for guys who own Bell. I don't own Bell anywhere. Uh, it's not because I didn't really want him. It's more because he fell in a part in the draft where I liked other guys better. 
like I like Dalvin Cook a lot, and he really worked out, so I'm grateful for that. But uh, you know, for you guys who own Bell, you just got to look elsewhere. I don't know. There are guys on the waiver wire this week, and tonight's the waiver wire. Uh, I mean, I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but it, it is Tuesday night, December 10th, and a lot of waivers go through tonight. And there's guys you could get, like, you know, Josh Jacobs doesn't play Deion. Uh, I believe there was someone else. Oh, yeah, but Boston Scott. Yep. Jordan Howard's still out. Boston Scott had a huge week this past week uh, against the Giants. So, you know, there's other guys you could pick up and maybe plug in for Bell. It stinks, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I was going to, you know, you you – got me right to the point that I was going to make next. And that's if Le'Veon Bell is out and if some of these star players are out that you have with these elite hybrid running backs, you know, who are, who are like to you the most important handcuffs to own, uh, especially, you know, two weeks left to the fantasy football season. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. That's tough. And I think, you know, obviously I said Oakland. So Josh Jacobs, he's still questionable. He missed this past week. Uh, I think a lot of people should be going after DeAndre Washington, especially in a PPR format. Now, I don't necessarily trust the guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I I don't think he's a great running back between the tackles. I think he's more of that specifically pass catcher type running back. Mm -hmm. But because Jacobs is out, he'll get opportunities. And I think you have to get him if you're a Jacobs owner uh, or even if you're an owner of someone else who you're worried about or hasn't been producing. Yeah, I think it's a guy you got to go after because – uh, you know, Jacobs could be out. Another guy, maybe Alexander Madison. I know Cook played this last week, which was great for Dalvin Cook owners. Uh, and he, you know, he had a decent game. Uh, what do you have here? He had, yeah, 15.5 fantasy points in a PPR. You'll take that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I know you want more from Dalvin Cook from the way he's been playing all year. He is RB2 on the season behind Christian McCaffrey and ahead of Austin Eckler. So uh, he's been lights out. And consistent as they come. But Alexander Madison has been real good. So if Dalvin Cook, if something flares up again or whatever, just in case, Alexander Madison could be a really good plug-in because they will stick to the run. And Alexander Madison will get a ton of touches. And he's looked good when he's gotten those touches. So that's a guy I like a lot. Jamal Williams for Aaron Jones. But Aaron Jones has been another guy who's been great. Um, Derrick Henry seems questionable right now. I'm not sure what's up exactly what's up with him. Uh it looks like he should be okay, but that's apparently it's, it seems out. like it's just maintenance. I think they're just keeping him out for maintenance this week with practice. Okay, so you know there's nothing to really worry about that, and I don't really know if you want to trust the handcuff to Derrick Henry anyway. I don't think Deion Lewis is a true handcuff to him anyway. Um, yeah, like that's so. the thing. Like some of these top guys, like obviously Christian McCaffrey, you you hope that he doesn't get hurt and you hope that he stays healthy, but the Panthers have lost so much. You know, you wonder like the slightest thing, if anything were to happen to him this week, that they would just hold him out the rest of the season just to protect like their star guy. But even at that point, do you even like pick up Reggie Bonifon as his backup? Because I don't think he'd have the same effect. Yeah. Um, so I think if you're a McCaffrey owner and you have, let's say, an open spot on the bench or whatever, where you just have a dead spot that you're not really using. Right. And you got plenty of depth at the other positions. But you're saying, you know what, let me back up my RB1 right now, just in case uh, maybe you grab a Bonifon. Yeah, I mean, that could work out maybe in week 16 in the championship if something happens with McCaffrey or they decide to sit him because maybe he does get a little tweak or something. Yeah. But the, the fact of the matter is you're plugging him in next week because he's going to play. And, you know, if he gets hurt, like a lot of these guys got hurt in the first quarter of the games this past week. 
there's nothing you could do about that. I mean, that's just the way the game is. I mean, the cookie crumbles in football, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I'm trying to look at other guys that you might want to handcuff. Most of the handcuffs that are good out there are already splitting carries with guys like Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Um, you know, Chris Carson. Now Chris Carson, you know, without Penny, Penny looks like he's out for the year. Uh, you know, I mean, Carson's the guy. Uh, Mark Ingram, uh, another guy like, I don't know. Are you really going to get these guys handcuffs? Uh, who's the handcuff to Ingram right now? Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards, yeah. He's not going to produce at the same level, I don't think, because he doesn't catch passes whatsoever. It's another guy. Uh, Nick Chubb's handcuff is Kareem Hunt, and he's already owned at this point. There's no way you're getting him, you know. Um, maybe Fournette. Uh, you know, you got Raquel Armstead if he's out there. What about Tony Pollard? I know he's he's seen some action with Zeke even playing, and I know he had the ankle injury last week, but he'll be back in week 15. Is he another guy that you're looking at? Because the Cowboys are still very much in it. Yeah, um, the Cowboys. Yeah, they're very much in it. I, I don't. I, there's nothing wrong with Zeke right now. So if you like, like I said, if you're a team that has these guys that are really valuable RB ones, or even if they're solid RB twos, like a like a Philip Lindsay or you know Miles Sanders, you know, especially if you got Miles Sanders, you definitely want to go that Boston Scott route, uh, you know, and get yourself a nice little handcuff there, but. Sanders has been fine as an RB2 so lately, so there's no, no concern there. I'm just saying if you got one of these elite guys and you're really that concerned and you got a dead spot in your lineup that you're really – you think that, oh, you have a guy like uh, – I don't know, like that's just completely useless that you're not using at all, like Traquan Smith or something like that. Like, you know, you, you could get rid of him and get that handcuff. Yes, that could work out for you in the playoffs. I just don't think it, at this point – Unless it's these guys I'm talking about, like the Josh Jacobs handcuff that everyone's going to go after right now, I don't think you're really too concerned about that. I think you're going to roll with your RB1 and that's it. Uh, and I'm sure you have, you know, a lot of these teams in the playoffs, like, you know, I have, uh, for instance, Ronald Jones on the bench. You know, I would be more inclined to start Ronald Jones than a handcuff or to have Ronald Jones and pick up a handcuff and drop Ronald Jones. I'd rather have Ronald Jones because you don't know if the handcuff's ever going to come in. It all depends on an injury or if they just don't play their starters, these guys. But for the most part, these guys are all going to play. So it, it's hard to say. You know, it's, it's a case-by-case thing. Um, so I, I, I'm not really sure. It depends on the situation for the most part. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, and, you know, you know, going off of running backs uh, – but still talking about injuries, I know something that popped up uh, this past week uh, was Lamar Jackson on the injury report. Obviously, that's not something you want to see when he has a short week ahead of him. So I know there's things going around the media that the Ravens should just sit him this week because he's playing the Jets. Short week, don't want to risk anything for the playoff chances. Do you think that's actually possible that they do bench him? And if they do, what other quarterbacks are you looking at this week? So, yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't think he will get benched. I think he's going to go out there and play because the Ravens are still – they haven't clinched um, the first-round bye yet. They haven't clinched the number one seed yet. The Patriots are still 10-3. and three. They're a game behind. I know they have the tiebreaker over them, but let's say the Ravens don't play Lamar Jackson. They lose this game. They fall to 11-3. Let's say the Patriots win. They're 11-3. Now they're tied. So one more loss for the Ravens and, and – and, you know, the Ravens could be sitting at the two seed or even the three seed, mm-hmm. depending on, you know, what happens with Kansas City moving forward, who are nine and four. 
Um, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to sit. Maybe week 16, week 17, I don't, I don't see them sitting – sitting in this game i don't see that happening they still need to win games they still have something to play for you know what i mean yeah yeah um i mean there is only so you got week 15 16 17 left you got three weeks left the patriots can still get the number one seed i mean they're only two games back from the ravens so the ravens lose because they don't play lamar jackson like I said, they're only a game back after that, and you have two weeks left to go. Patriots could easily overtake them for the number one seed. They don't want that, the Ravens. The Ravens want that number one seed. So I, I don't see him getting benched. And if he does, let's say by the chance he does because it, the, the injury is a little bit more serious than we think, uh, you know, you got a couple of quarterbacks out there that I think you could string. Uh, now, for the most part, I would think that the teams that have Lamar Jackson have a, a decent backup, a quality backup, because I know – Everybody's been confident in Lamar Jackson this year. He's been killing it. There's no reason to really have a backup for that you know, instance. There's no way you're starting anyone else over Lamar Jackson any given week. But if you're smart, if you're a smart Lamar Jackson owner, which I have Lamar Jackson in two and you're three not, of my and leagues. What's funny is you're not a smart Lamar Jackson owner because I'm looking at your team right now and you have no backup quarterback on your roster. On that one, yeah. On my <laughs> other one, I do. <laughs> so okay so he's out so you know looking at waiver wire pickups this week and who's on the waiver wire who are you picking up if for some reason he can't go so if for some reason he can't go a uh, stream option would be if he's there obviously the top option is ryan Tannehill, but i doubt he's out there at this point for most leagues so you might have to go a little below that but Tannehill's been absolutely fantastic weird to say but Tannehill's been you know going off uh and actually has a pretty decent floor at quarterback too he's been getting roughly 20 points you know or around that almost every week um but if you can't get him I would go for a Ryan Fitzpatrick um in like a, a Gardner Minshew if you really got to dig deep I was gonna I say like here it. I'm gonna give you some of your options this week just in case he can't go uh, number one added this this week right now for pickup wise is Drew Locke. Uh, he has the Chiefs this week, and then Eli Manning, Mitch Trubisky, Gardner Minshew, and Jared Goff. So Goff, okay. So who's Goff playing this week? The Cowboys. Rams are playing. What's that? What's that? At Dallas. Cowboys. Yeah. So like Goff might be an option, okay? Because Goff uh, in the dome, Dallas uh, hasn't been good on defense. Uh, so, you know, you could easily, I could, I could pick up golf. I'd start him, you know, it's desperate, but you know, would, I don't would have you a consider, would you, con- uh, would you consider RG three as a backup still going against the jets on Thursday night? If Lamar so. can't no, no, I don't think so. I think I would rather go a different route. I'd probably go golf or, uh, possibly Minshew, maybe even drew lock. It's a real long shot. Drew lock. Looked great last week. Drew Locke, uh, if Mizzou, you watched the highlights, Mizzou alum. Game, I know, what's that? Mizzou alum, right there. I've, I've oh, watched yeah. a lot of him. He's he's pretty good. <laughs> I think he can make yeah. it. I'm with you. I, I, listen, he looked great against Houston. Mizzou alum, right there. Shout out to <laughs> Mizzou. Um, he, you know, he in that game. I know it's Houston's defense, and they're soft as can be. Uh, they're secondary. You could find wide open holes all over the place, but he was slinging it. I mean, he was making some nice downfield throws. He's confident. The kid's got a lot of enthusiasm out there. He doesn't look like a rookie. You know what I mean? He gets very hyped. Yeah. Or maybe he does look like a rookie, but he looks like the opposite of like a, 
a nervous rookie. He looks more like a very confident rookie. So I like that about him. Uh, he's got a good running game. He's got decent weapons in Noah Fant and Cortland Sutton. All of a sudden, this is what Denver was missing this whole time. Like, Denver's defense isn't that great anymore either, but Denver's offense looks rejuvenated. The only issue, the issue they've had all season has been quarterback. That's yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, Cortland Sutton has emerged as a great wide receiver one. Uh, you know, Deshaun Hamilton's had his ups and downs, but he's not a terrible wide receiver compliment. And also Tim Patrick, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Tim Patrick. Yep. I mean, that that kid's looked very good, too, as a slot, as a, as a safety blanket. Noah Fant is super talented. This is what they draft him for. So the weapons are there. Lindsey out of the backfield in the passing game. So a lot could really do damage against Kansas City. Now, Kansas City has been much better this year against the pass. They've been able to get pressure. Uh, you know, they've been playing better in the secondary, Casey. So, uh, you know, it's not the best matchup in the world, but – you know, the way he's been playing, Drew Locke, it's not a terrible, terrible option. There's a I'm lot gonna, of worse guys you could I have, I have a bold take right here. I think that this week Drew Locke will finish as a top 10 quarterback. Hear me out on this. Uh, I, know it's, I know it's the Chiefs defense. I know they've gotten a little bit more stingy, but he's in Kansas City. This is a Missouri kid playing his first pro game in Missouri. Uh, I, I, like think he, I think he goes out, he balls out. They're not going to be ahead in this game, so he's definitely going to have to throw the ball. I think he finishes with the top 10 week. Wow, I like that. That's bold. <laughs> and I hope it's not a little bit of bias for the Mizzou. No, then. no, of course not. <laughs> yeah, um, but, yeah, I mean, listen, I like the way he looked, man. I mean, I'd be really – like for me, and I think it's possible he cracks the top end. I mean, look at this past week, right? This past week, you had Aaron Rodgers and a bunch of these quarterbacks, reliable, normally reliable quarterbacks uh, in terms of their careers and stuff, drop way below guys like Drew Luck. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they just didn't have big weeks. Um, and, you know, so it's very possible that he cracks the top 10 again. My boy Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy cracked. G. Jimmy G. Getting it done, baby. <laughs> I mean, that was amazing. Uh, you don't know how happy I was to see Jimmy G. That game G. overall was just phenomenal. Phenomenal. I watched every second of that game. I didn't watch any other game uh, at the one o'clock game. So good. Because that was so good. Uh, but yeah, so Drew Locke was QB one, two, three, four, five, six, seven this past week. QB seven in a four point passing touchdown league I'm looking at right now, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, guys like Pat Mahomes was way down on the list, didn't even crack the top. 15, I don't think. Where was Pat Eli Mahomes. on the list this past Eli, week? Eli was ahead of Pat Mahomes. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick was ahead of Pat Mahomes. Uh, who else was real low? Kyler Murray was way low. Aaron Rodgers didn't have that great a game either. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers didn't even crack the top 25. No, see? Tom Brady didn't crack the top 25. Russell Wilson didn't crack the top 25. Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen played Baltimore, of course. Josh Allen didn't crack the top 25. Um, you know, you have these quarterbacks that are normally, you know, top 12, top 15 guys every week that didn't even crack the top 25 this past week, probably killed a ton of fantasy owners in the playoffs. So you had Devlin Hodges ahead of Baker Mayfield, Kyla Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, all these guys. Uh, so that's what I mean. Like, based on matchup and stuff like that, I mean, Kyle Allen was ahead of all these guys. Kyle Allen was ahead of Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Sam Donald, Dak Prescott, Eli Manning, and all those other guys. Patrick Mahomes, everybody we mentioned. So you never know. It's a lot based on matchup and game script. 
you know, the guys that have to throw a lot, you know, they might end up ahead of way ahead of other guys. I mean, Jameis Winston with his three interceptions, who almost blows almost every game <laughs> because of his <laughs> erratic quarterback play, was QB two last week because he threw the ball forty five times. Yeah, and he threw four hundred fifty six yards. So volume plays a big part too. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky was QB three last week. It's remarkable. You know, Garoppolo was QB five. And Deshaun Watson in a horrible game in garbage time ended up being QB four. So Tannehill was QB seven and Drew Lock was QB eight. You know, it's just any given week anything could happen. So I'm okay with streaming. And you're right, I, that was stupid of me not to have a backup. At one point, I think I did have a backup in our league, but uh, I think at some point I had to make moves because I was missing a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. And then you know I ended up you know dropping a quarterback. So. And I thought I was good with Lamar Jackson. There's no signs of him being unhealthy and whatever. But that was my fault because I should have known better. It is Lamar Jackson. He runs a lot. There is high chance of injury. And that's why a smart Lamar Jackson owner has a backup. In my other league, I do. In the Goon Squad League, I have Jimmy Garoppolo. So if he doesn't go, I plug Jimmy Garoppolo right in. in a good matchup against Atlanta. And I feel comfortable with that. So uh, I think that, you know, you go after one of these guys. I, Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't a bad option. I don't – I'm in all league, I think he's owned. You said you said he wasn't there, right? No, no. So I think that's a really good option uh, going against the Giants, who has Swiss cheese defense. Uh, you know, I think he could he could have a nice twenty point week for you. Uh, but yeah, Gardner Minshew. Uh, you know, a couple of these guys that you mentioned, I, I, I'm more than happy to pick them up. It would stink for me because that sucks. You know, I don't have my, you know, my guy who basically my quarterback has been one of my top. Play, basically my best player. He's been the best player him, in fantasy him, all year. Well, him and best McCaffrey have been carrying yeah, you there. Exactly. Yeah, I got him and McCaffrey. I mean, they've been carrying me all season. So, of course, I don't want to lose out on Lamar Jackson. So, even if I did have a backup, you know, it would hurt. It's still a hit, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I should have had a guy like Tannehill or something like that as a backup. But what am I going to do? I'm going to have to go out and, uh, you know, make a pickup. And uh, I think, you know, it could work out. It might not. But I think my team's good enough overall that I might be okay. I mean, I lost Ridley too, but I have A.J. Brown, so I'm okay with plugging him right in. This is the nature of fantasy football. Guys get injured. You know, I could have had uh, Lamar Jackson might play this week, and he might get hurt in Q1, and then I'm really screwed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, it all depends. Uh, it's just the way fantasy football is. You just got to hope for the best and make the smartest choice you can. Uh, and if you have to stream somebody, you stream somebody based on matchup and volume and all those things, you take it into consideration and, and you make an educated decision. So, uh, you know, there's nothing else I could really do about that. Uh, but, you know, hopefully you Lamar Jackson, all this, hopefully he plays this week. Yeah, you know, and you mentioned you had Calvin Ridley get hurt, and we said at the start of the show, there's been a lot of injuries this past week and a lot of injuries to wide receivers. Obviously, Mike Evans going down for the year. Uh, Alshon yeah. Jeffrey just was carted off last night. Uh, I just saw before the show started, Marvin Jones is now done for the year. Yeah. Uh, another wide yeah. receiver, too, gone. So you, you say you have A.J. Brown. What are some other wide receivers on the waiver wire, obviously, since trading is done, that you're targeting if you're losing some of these guys? Okay, so some wide receivers you guys can go after. So one of them being, uh, obviously, uh, Calvin Ridley's replacement now will be uh, Gage. Russell Gage, uh, yep. Russell Gage, yeah. So Russell Gage now will have a bigger opportunity. Uh, I don't think that's one of the best ones because you still have Julio. Uh, Hooper is back now. So you got you know their main two targets there. Plus the Falcons are a very erratic team. Uh, and I think, you know, against San Francisco, who got completely exploited 
uh, in the secondary against New Orleans this past week. Still, sketchy, scary team. You know, uh, they get tons of pressure. Nick Bosa, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they could really cause havoc, and it could be a complete dud for Gage. So you don't really know, but that's an option. Uh, obviously, DJ Chark, another guy who went down, who is probably out for the season, it looks like him too. Uh, you could pick up his backups, which are D.D. Westbrook or Chris Conley. One one of those guys will be out there, more likely Chris Conley, but I think either one could be a decent option this week. Gardner Minshew back. Um, I forget who Jacksonville's playing this week. Um, looking at it right now. Jackson. Who's Jacksonville playing? Chargers, I think? No. No. I'm trying to look. Jacksonville, Jacksonville. How come I don't see anybody on Jacksonville yet? Uh, oh, Raiders, Raiders. Raiders. Of course, so we're, we're, yeah. we're a fancy football podcast, and we definitely know what teams are playing this week. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, listen, it's Tuesday. I don't really look at matchups yet till tomorrow. I'm more looking at... Just, uh, you know, the waiver wire and things like that right now. I'm still looking at last week and stuff, uh, the injuries that we're looking at. So I'm not really looking at exact matchups right now. So it's okay. I mean, (laughs) sometimes you have a – you don't exactly know who's playing. But Oakland, Oakland, great matchup. So, you know, Didi Westbrook, 67% owned in Yahoo League. So he's pretty highly owned. Conley, I believe – not as highly owned, so let's see right now. I had it right here. Yeah, Conley, 20% owned. So he has an option right there. A.J. Brown, only 28% owned. So he's obviously the best one, I think, that you can and get. Darius Slayton, 27% owned. I know he ghosted out in the second half uh, of last night, but he still went but five still. for 154 and two touchdowns. I mean, that's great. Eli, like, yeah, with Eli at the helm right now, it looks like Daniel Jones is probably going to be out for the rest of the season here. Um, looks like Eli is going to definitely get the start this week. I don't know about week 16, but uh, he's going to play. And Eli targeted Slayton a lot deep downfield. He looked like the number one target on this team. Golden Tate did nothing. And that's a guy who's been great. You know, he's been great for the most part since he's been back. And, you know, you, you, you plug him in happily. Uh, if you're a team who has Golden Tate, you plugged him in this past week, and he dudded it for you. It's just the way the cookie crumbles in fantasy. Sometimes you have these complete dud games, and you know you don't expect it. But I would plug Golden Tate right back in there against Miami this week. Great matchup. And Slayton, yes, 27% on another guy you can pick up. So there's options at wide receiver. Wide receiver is the position where if you lost to Calvin Ridley, a DJ Chark, or Marvin Jones, there's options. So I feel like it's a lot easier to pick up a wide receiver and plug plug and play right there with a wide receiver than it is a running back or maybe even a quarterback because you have options, especially with the guys who went down. You can get their backups sometimes. Um, who did I just say? DJ Chark, Marvin Jones. Yeah. I mean, on the Lions, you might have an option out there. Mike Evans, with him down, you got the Tampa Bay option, Justin Watson. Now, this is a real risk. Okay, he did have five for 59 and a touchdown last week on eight targets, gave you 17 fantasy points. Nobody had him in their lineup. But, you know, if he, theoretically he was James Winston, will just keep points. throwing the ball. Exactly. Uh, another good matchup at Detroit. Now, the problem with the Detroit matchup is I could see Tampa Bay blowing out Detroit. They've been real, real bad with David Blau, a quarterback now. So there is a game script concern here where, uh, you know, Watson. You know, Watson maybe doesn't get enough targets because maybe Tampa Bay's blowing out Detroit, which, I, you know, there's a good chance that's not the case because Tampa Bay is pretty bad defensively and just overall. Uh, but what Winston likes to air it out. 
like you said, so, you know, Watson could be a decent plug and play too. Uh, I just think these other guys are a little bit more reliable and safe. AJ Brown being number one for me. Number two, I would say is Darius Slayton. Number three, I would say is either, I don't know, Chris Conley or maybe, or DD Westbrook. I mean, if he's out there or, um, Who's the other one you mentioned? You mentioned someone Alsh- else. Alshon, but there's really no one else on the Eagles that I would trust. I mean, they had Aguilar was hurt before this game even started, and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside uh, got hurt too. Right, right, right. Um, maybe um, there was somebody else I had on the tip of my head, and I can't think of it right now. But they had, Oh, Russell Gage. So, oh, you know, yeah. Yeah, Gage. So you have some options. I just think A.J. Brown and Slayton really top that list as guys you really want to go after because they've already done it a couple times. They've had some huge games and you want to put up points in your fantasy playoffs. Uh, They've also been somewhat reliable. Uh, You know, you're not going to get a perfect guy on the waiver wire right now. So those two are the nearest to perfect you can get right now. Uh, Or you could take advantage of these other guys if they're, you know, if, you know, Brown and um, Slayton aren't out there, you know, the Justin Watsons, the Russell Gages and, and guys like that. Uh, I'm just trying to see if there's a couple more out here that maybe you could grab. Uh, Cole Beasley still only owned in 38% of leagues out there. That's I know crazy the matchup's not great against Pittsburgh, but Beasley's been pretty reliable. Uh, that's really, that's basically it. I really can't find anything. That's Alan still, Hearns. You know, that's still a good amount of options for, for people out yeah. there. Uh, to balance out the amount of injuries that others had. Right, right. The harder part is getting running backs. But as you know, the running backs that went down, you get the running backs that are now coming up. Boston Scott, DeAndre Washington. I would rather have Boston Scott than DeAndre Washington, by the way. I would rather go. The, and especially with the Eagles uh, matchup this week, uh, who do they got? Very cake matchup this week, I, I'm pretty sure. Eagles I think the Redskins. The, yeah, and speaking of the Redskins, uh, Darius Geis out for the year. Any interest yep. in Adrian Peterson? I know he has the Eagles this absolutely. week, but the Giants the week after. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Adrian – first of all, Adrian Peterson should be owned, I think, in Six, most leagues. Still only especially. 40% owned in Yahoo leagues. Yeah, surprisingly enough. I mean, I think that's because you got a lot of 10-team leagues out there. Let's face it. For the most part, a lot of people out there playing casual fantasy football, it's hard to you know get 12 people – friends to cooperate in a casual fantasy football league so there's a lot of 10 teamers out there and if you're in a 10 teamer i could see why adrian peterson is out there i understand but uh for the most part the 12 team leagues i don't think he's going to be out there our league he's if, not owned uh, so there you go right there our <laughs> league, he's not owned. i gotta get on that waiver wire tonight um <laughs> uh but yo adrian peterson yeah he should be owned at this point you i mean pretty much has to be picked up yeah uh, if he's out there because he's going to get the bulk of the carries now the problem is ppr leagues he is a risk because he does not catch passes. And Chris Thompson's back. And you saw last week, Chris Thompson ate up all the receiving work in the backfield. Um, so, you know, and Chris Thompson, I don't know how highly honed he is, uh, but he in a PPR league isn't a bad option either. I yeah, mean, he could catch I mean, a ton of passes. Uh, and he's going to eat all those passes for, uh, for, for the Redskins. And you're talking about a team that game script says – They'll be behind in a lot of games, even against the Eagles this week, even though the Eagles are pretty pretty trash to me. I think they were way overrated coming into the season, and now with all the injuries that they got hit with, they have no wide receivers. I mean, Zach Ertz is the guy there. That's it. Um, and Goddard. I mean, that's going to be the guys that they're going to be targeting. Ventra, I have, um, some, I have some breaking news here. I know it's not uh, football-related, but it matters to you and me here. 
The Philadelphia Phillies have landed Didi Gregorius as their new starting shortstop. Oh, wow. One-year deal. The Yankees. Oh. I think, I think I love Didi, man. We should we should uh, we should do a, a free agent podcast too. I think there's a lot to talk about right now with the Yankees and how they've only focused in on Garrett Cole. And if this fails, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I I would absolutely love to do that with you. I'm not completely on my MLB game quite yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, because I've been really focused on football. Because I've been in uh, I'm in seven leagues overall that I've managed this year. Uh, and I made the playoffs in three out of the seven. I should have made it in four out of seven. Uh, I was in the GST league, which was my big experts league, which is actually two leagues of 12 that, uh, you know, very prestigious. And I put a lot of money into that league. I'm splitting it with, uh, somebody, uh, from FNTSY sports network or sports grid. Uh, and you know, that was a big money league put invested a lot of money into it. A lot of money goes to the champion. We went eight and five. Okay. Eight and five, and we missed the playoffs. How the league is structured was very strange. I know it's absurd because I'm eight and five in the Goon Squad League, and I got—I was a two seed, and I got the bye. <laughs> so it's like it's ridiculous that I missed the playoffs. And it was a twelve—is a twelve-teamer, and six teams make the playoffs. So the format was based on a high-stakes NFFC leagues where the number one seed gets in by best record, the number two seed gets in by most points, the three-four seeds get get in by the next best records and the five six seeds get to get in by the next best most points uh and somehow we just missed the the record in the three four slots because we were eight and five and there was a team ahead of us that was nine and four but they had 140 less points than us so they made it in in that three four slot ahead of us uh even though they were only one win ahead of us but 140 points less and then the five six seeds and then the five six seeds um which mccall we we had we were sixth in points overall in our league. So based on that, we should have made it too. Yeah. And we and we were tied for fourth in record. So we made top six in both record in points, but they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, but anyway, th- this other team that made it in over us, listen to this, they were they made it in as the sixth seed. They were four and nine, dude. That's... Four and nine. Well, I mean, okay? that'll be an easy matchup for whoever, whoever has them the first round. Well, it's funny because they were four and nine, but they had 38, a total of 38 more points than us. So that's one player, bro, one player, and they made it in over us. So we were really bitter about that. And they actually, surprisingly, they, I think, won their match. Oh, no, no, they lost their matchup, but they but they put up 163 points, I think, this wow. week. And the other team put up 160-something. So oh, wow. they lost their matchup, but uh, they, they deserve to be there in terms of they, they did really well this week. I also put up 162 points this week with that same team, and I didn't even set my lineup. <laughs> because I'm out. But then I find out that in this GST league, there's an overall points championship for all 24 teams in the two leagues. And whoever has the most points, and it includes the points per per week uh, from the regular season. So your average points per week from the regular season plus uh, all the points you score within the playoffs. You add that all together and whoever comes in first in the overall, and that's including the, the teams that didn't make the playoffs. And we didn't even know this. Uh, first overall gets... Like twelve hundred dollars. Well, you better and set your change. lineup. Oh yeah, this week we will. But last <laughs> week we did. We put up one hundred sixty-two. Guess what? We're third overall right now in the overall points out of all the twenty-four teams. So we actually might win the overall. So I'm happy about that. There you go. Uh, for getting snubbed out of the playoffs, but I digress. 
Um, so yeah, three out of four, I made the playoffs in three out of the, the seven leagues. I still got this overall championship with GST and we're in third right now. And those, uh, those three leagues that I made the playoffs, we got buys in all three of the leagues. We pretty much dominated, uh, in your league, I think we were number one in record and points. So yeah, you, we got you that first crushed point. everyone else in my league. Yeah. I mean, it was more of a late run that made us get yeah. to that point. Yeah. Uh, or made me get to that point. But, um, yeah, we were first and first in that. Uh, in the Goon Squad League, I was second in record and points, so we got the two seed because the kid Big Time. A shout out to Big Timer of the Goon Squad. He went thirteen and zero, and he outscored wow. me, which I outscored the third place guy by like two hundred points. So I blew out the next everybody else in points, but he blew me out by about three hundred and eighty points. What's, who's he like a, what does he have? McCaffrey and Lamar and like more. Like who does he have? I have Lamar actually. He has McCaffrey. Yeah, he has McCaffrey. Yeah, like all those guys. Yeah, like Devontae Parker and stuff like oh, that. Like okay. his team was completely stacked. So, but gladly I don't have to play him to the championship. That's what I'm happy about. But um, and then my other league I shared, which is a big money league with this kid Yang, who works at uh, Sports Grid. Shout out to Yang, and we ended up first in points and first in in uh record as well. So we were dominating those leagues. So I'm happy about that. Uh, but. Yeah, I've been focused on that. I haven't really been focused on baseball as much, but I've been seeing all the all the free agent stuff going on. It's pretty wild. But uh, I don't want to get into all that right now. I guess, <laughs> you know, we got to cut this uh, shorter, right? Oh, yeah, But yeah. let's talk more about the questions you wanted to ask. Uh, like we said about the running backs, the wide receivers that are out there, and whatever else you want to talk about right now. Uh, well, honestly, we're almost at an hour, and I hope that the people that are with us are still listening, and I appreciate it <laughs> if you are. Uh, so we're actually going to cut it here. Uh, I know Ventra, Ventra loves to, to talk and to rant, so I let him have his moments. But uh, thank appreciate you for coming on. I always appreciate you coming on the show. Always a great time uh, and definitely hope to do it again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck in your playoffs, man. Thanks for having me on. appreciate you let me rant. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, good luck to everybody out there. And, yeah, go with your – I would say this last point. Go with your gut. Go with the guys that have got you there. Go with the guys who are going to get the volume – and, you know, if you have something really close between a couple of guys and you don't know who to start, you could go by matchup at that point or go by, you know, uh, something else that gives somebody the slight edge. But for the most part, go with the guys that got you go there. Go with the guys who are getting the bind and who've been doing it, who have been trending. Because you're going to kick yourself if you bench a guy that you know is really good. Maybe they have a bad matchup, but you don't want to bench him because of that. If they're a guy that's been killing it, there's no reason to do that. You'll be kicking yourself. So that would be my, my biggest thing of advice. This is do or die time. You got to go with the guys that are the best. You know what I mean? You got to go with the guys that you know can get you big time points. And you want to win. You want to win that ship. You know what I mean? There you go, everyone. Wise words from the analyst Chris Ventra. Start your studs. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to check out SonyPlus.com for even more content.